You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. What is bitachon? Bitachon, very, very simply and plainly, means trust. But let's get a little bit deeper into what trust means. So the first, you know, Rabbi Brody brings a great analogy. He says you can't get a master's if you don't have a bachelor's. The bachelor's here is having emunah. You have to believe in God in order to trust God. You can't trust in someone you don't believe in or something. You can't trust God if you don't believe in God. So there's no question that the prerequisite for anyone talking about bitachon, trust in Hashem, is to believe in Hashem. Now that we believe in Hashem, I'm making that assumption. Anybody here not a believer? Okay, we all believe in Hashem? Yeah, 100%? Okay, we know Hashem created the world and six days rested on the seventh. He chose the Jewish people. He gave us a Torah. Okay, great. So now... It's very interesting, actually, that uh, I was just reviewing with my dad that uh, story that I've shared multiple times here about my interaction with a priest, and uh, and the priest uh, basically was asking me, what do I teach? And I told him, oh, right now we're in the middle of a question and answer series. And innocently, I asked him, well, do you do question and answers you know, with your congregation? And he said, oh, in our religion, there are no questions. And and I said, really, why not? He said, if we start asking questions, it's all going to fall apart. In Judaism, it's all about questions. In Judaism, every single page of Talmud is replete with questions, filled. Every line is questioning. There's no Mishnah that the Talmud doesn't go and dissect and ask and inquire about every word that's chosen in the Mishnah. And what's your source for it? And what's your proof for it? And who told you it? We, everything needs to be sourced. It's not the New York Times where we give, uh, we give anonymous sources. We don't give anonymous sources in the Talmud. Everything needs to be sourced. Why? Because it all leads back to the will of Hashem. Okay. Hashem created the world. Hashem put us here to accomplish, to do something special. (coughs) Hashem put us here to do something special. So, Hashem, our creator, doesn't want us to fail. But Hashem will always put us into situations, always put us into situations, always, where we have to grow. And we're going to be put in a situation where it's going to be uncomfortable. Because in this world, particularly as Jewish people, we're not spectators. We're in the game. We're in the game. And if you're in the game, guess what's going to happen? They're going to throw the ball at you. And it's going to be a curveball, and it's going to be a slider, or it's going to be a football, and it's going to come in faster than you can imagine, and it, it knocks the wind out of you, and get ready, because that's the world we're living in. We're living in this world to be involved, to be immersed in this game called connection with Hashem. 
trust is a very key component to that because the more a person understands that every single thing that goes on in my life is exactly what Hashem wants to happen. Yes, there's not a single competitor. There's not a single business. There's not a single person out there who did anything to you that Hashem didn't want to happen to you. Yeah, you know why that person opened up the store right across the street from your business and named their name? You're like, really? Did you have to open up right across from my store? Yes. I want to share with you an amazing story. There was a baker in Masha Arim. He had a very successful bakery. One of his workers decided he's opening up a competition. He left the bakery and opened up right across the street. So the family was very upset, except the owner wasn't. And the owner went over to him and he told him, I want to give you some advice. And he told him where to buy his flour. And he told him where to get his workers. And he told him where to get his machines. He told him where to get every single thing that he needed. And exactly the pricing, everything he needed. So his family said to him, what's wrong with you? Why would you do that? Like, you know, this guy took all your recipes, took all of your secrets, and now he's opening a competition to you right across the street from you? And you're telling him how to succeed? You're giving him all of the insights of your business? He said on Rosh Hashanah, there was a declaration in heaven of exactly how much money I'm going to make. And this guy's business won't take one cent away. Exactly what I'm supposed to get, I will get. And if God wanted me not to get it, and for him to get it, that was already decreed on Rosh Hashanah. So that changes that perspective, that reliance on Hashem. 100% is a transformative experience. Because now I have no worries. You see, the biggest problem we face in our generation is we're self-reliant. Me. It's all about me. I have my safety net. I have my nest egg. I have my retirement fund. I have I have it all worked out. It's all, it's all, you know, because you know why? I have a rainy day fund. I have, uh, you know, guess what? That doesn't mean, by the way, that a person shouldn't have life insurance. It doesn't mean that you're not doubting your uh, your emuna your knowledge of Hashem or your trust in Hashem by taking the precautionary measures that are available. But to get insurance on the insurance and you know and 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 every type of insurance you can possibly get in case, you know, put something in the hand of Hashem. Put something in the hand of Hashem. This financial security that people are reliant on. I want to have my own financial security. My own. So God plays no role in that. No, 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 no. Don't kick God out of your life. It's much better with God in your life. The reason we have so many people today, this is in my humble opinion, the reason we have so many people today in this generation with an overabundance of insecurities with an overabundance of depression 
and medications dealing with anxiety is because we raised the generation of complete self-reliance where we took God out of it, where God is not part of the picture, where we don't have a direct relationship with Hashem every single day, where Hashem, when we say every morning, God prepares the ways of man. You know what? Every day when you start your day, we say that blessing. And in that, what that blessing is saying is that I recognize that whatever is going to happen today, God already prepared it for me. He prepared that phone call I was going to get. He prepared that, that interview I was going to fail. He prepared it all. All I need to do is put my reliance on him. And you have nothing to worry. He's got you covered. So collectively we have, um, you all look like you're in your 20s. So we have about about 140 years uh, to, together, right? So yeah, so together we have some years of experience. Can anybody in this room or online, or those of you uh, watching here or listening to this podcast. Anytime you can remember that God just dropped the ball. He just dropped the ball. He forgot about you. He didn't realize what was best for you. And everything failed. No, you know why? Because you think back, what you thought was a failure at the moment was the best thing that ever happened to you. I can't even begin to tell you how many people have called me and told me, Rabbi, I don't know what to do. I don't even know if I can believe anymore because I lost my job and because I lost my, my family and I lost my wife and I hear all, the, all of the, 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 the complaining about how miserable their life is. And of course, we have to show our compassion and our love and our empathy we also have to remember that Hashem is part of everything that happens. My, my parents used to say a quote from, they still do, but they should live and be well. But they, they said a quote from a great scholar named Rabbi Yitzchak Kutner, where he said, he used to say, eh, the majority of things Hashem controls. Well, it's a joke because everything Hashem controls, you know. But, eh, you know, Ruba de Ruba the Abish de Field developed. The majority, God runs the world. He's got it under control. He knows exactly. It's like imagine you're watching a chessboard. There are two people playing chess, chess masters. And you're expecting they're going to move their pawn, and suddenly they move a different piece. And you're like, what? What are you doing? Don't, don't, what? And we see later on, ah, they, were, they had a different strategy. That, you know, we're looking at Hashem's chessboard, which is our life, and we're like, Hashem, why'd you close that door before me? Hashem's like, I've got something so much better for you. And there are times that we will never understand completely why Hashem does certain things. 
But Hashem does them because that's what's best for us. Hashem, we said, the foundation of all of this is we must have emunah. We must have not faith, not belief. We must have knowledge, firm knowledge that Hashem is the creator of the universe. And Hashem loves us. And because He loves us, He wants what's best for us. It's like us and our children. We want what's best for our children. And sometimes doing what's best for them is taking away their prize, is taking away the treat. Sometimes it's grounding them. Sometimes it's taking away an activity that they were very excited about doing. That's what's best for them because we're not there as parents. You know, I was, I was thinking recently, why is it that Hashem gives, parent, give, gives children to people who are so young and dumb in their 20s and 30s, right? Imagine if in your 40s, 50s, 60s, when we're so smart, when we've accomplished so much more in our lives, when we have a perspective on things, imagine if we raised children then, how much better parents we would be. It would be a, 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 quite an experience, a, quite an experience changing our perspective completely. That if we, as parents, would do things for the best of our children, so too Hashem only does what's best for us. Now, the reason to answer to the question of why Hashem gives young people uh, to be the parents, I don't know the exact answer. But I think because parenting is part raising the children but it's also the children raising the parents and we become crafted into the people we need to become through the children that Hashem sends us and Hashem doesn't send any single parent a child that isn't perfect for them in fact the Midrash says that every child selects their parents and they say Knowing, knowing what my life is going to be, who will be the best set of parents for me? And they pick up all the parents like, ah, that's who I want. Those are the parents who will always be there for me and take care of me exactly the way I need. Right? It's not always easy. That's true. It's not always easy. Not every parent has easy children. Not, not all children have easy parents. Not everyone has it easy, right? But guess what? Every single person is given the exact tools they need to cope with their situation. I sometimes look at people who come to me and I'm like, I don't know how they got to this situation. I would have cracked 50 steps ago. You know, 50 steps before I would have fallen apart. These people are really strong. Hashem has given them tools to deal with their issues that we can't even fathom. I'll give you an example, okay? Anyone here like cold weather? Ish, right? Yeah, but how would you survive in Siberia? Well, guess what? The people in Siberia have different abilities than we do. Okay? On a very simple level. 
they have different tools than we do. They can cope with that cold. We cannot. So it's not that that they're better or worse. They just have different tools. Every single human being has different tools to deal with their, their situations. So it's not an even playing field. This whole equality thing of everyone is equal is not true. Every single human being is different. Now, great question was asked here. What's about people who weren't fortunate to have children? So that's also part of a person's pathway of life where Hashem gives every person their challenge, every person their path to perfection. Not everyone it's through bringing up children or or having children or raising children. For some, there's a different aspect. Look, I I have family members, um, relatives, close relatives, um, who unfortunately never had children. All of their siblings have children. They were never married to have children. It's it's a very painful, very sad, right? But Hashem gives them certain strengths, certain abilities. No one will ever understand why Hashem runs His world the way He does. We're not getting into that conversation. It's not part of our our uh, our work here in this class. But what we do need to understand is that the ability to cope with those challenges that each one of us uniquely has. Nobody here is perfect. I hate to break it to you. I'm sorry. Okay. Right? Nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. So why don't we have perfection, 100% perfection? Hashem gives everybody the tools they need to attain greatness. Okay, so when we tackle this topic of bitachon, of trust in Hashem, of course it's laying on the principle that everything was created by Hashem. We need to know this from the get-go. You can't trust Hashem if you don't believe in Hashem. Believing in Hashem means, like we learned Previously, the 13 principles of faith, knowing that Hashem is the creator of the universe, knowing that Hashem is before and is and will be in creation, that Hashem is master of everything. There's nothing that is not in Hashem's ability. You know, there's a a music producer slash fashion designer who said uh, some posted a tweet that was anti-Semitic last week. And in a single day, he lost his status as being a billionaire to becoming just a millionaire. Okay? Right. So, right, right. But, but I, I don't want to even mention the name. It's not, it's not necessary. But you see how Hashem can take someone up and take someone down. Up, down. It's Amazing. You see Hashem controlling the world. And we don't understand why, and we shouldn't ever try to make believe like, oh, I understand what God had in mind. You see, if he would have done this, then uh, God wouldn't have done that. I don't like when people try to play God. 
right? If you would have eaten healthy, then you wouldn't have had that heart attack. That's not, that's not our business to every person as an individual. We're going to talk about this in other classes. We talked about pain and suffering, how to understand that. That's a person uh, has a very direct a very direct prophecy from Hashem in pain and suffering. But we're not here to, to, to play God. We're here to understand and to connect. Like I told the devout Christian I met at the uh, trampoline park when my children were jumping on the trampoline, uh, my nephews and nieces were there as well, and I was just sitting, I was preparing a class, and a woman walks over to me. She sees my tzitzis. She sees my yarmulke. And she says to me, are you a rabbi? I said, indeed, guilty as charged. So she says, do you mind? Can I sit and, and ask you a few questions? I said, sure. She said she's a devout Christian. And that um, she started talking about that we're all sinners. I said, oh, oh, not in Judaism. We're not sinners. I said, I don't know where you get that from. She says, what do you mean? Of course we're sinners. Have you ever sinned? I said, of course I've made mistakes. Right, but there's there's a process of atonement directly with Hashem. We don't need intermediaries. We don't need any conduits. We don't need anybody to die for our sins. She didn't like that. And then I said that we weren't we weren't uh, sinners, and uh, that's not the definition of a human being is not a sinner. On the contrary, we're considered great people. Great people were able to accomplish unbelievable godly endeavors, not because we're sinners. Either way, she wasn't happy about that either. And I said that in Judaism, we believe, the soul that you've placed within me is pure. It's pure. It's holy. And we need to not, we need to prevent any type of taint, any type of impurity to, to defile that holy, lofty soul. But the reason they do that is so that you feel guilty. And now you'll say, oh, how am I going to get out of this tainted soul, this you know, lowly, sinful existence that I have? Oh, I have to latch on to something. And then they say, sign here. And <laughs> we don't believe in that. We believe that you can have a direct relationship with Hashem. You have a direct relationship with Hashem. And trust is the highest level of that relationship. When you're able to trust in Hashem, and trust means letting go. It doesn't need to work out the way I want. I'll tell you, I, 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 we used to do, and we still do, we run many events, we run many, we used to have these dinners, remember the dinners we did at the Western, uh, at the Galleria, and really fancy schmancy events, and we stopped doing them because they're, they're economically not, it's not economically sound. Either way, every single time, and I've asked other friends of mine who run similar events, I say, to myself about a day before I, I literally have 500 things that need to get done between now and the event and I don't know how they're going to get done and things that were supposed to be done didn't get done and things that were orders that were supposed to come in didn't show up on time and now it's like all of these things and it always works itself out so you, can, you have two options you can either stress out about it and not be able to sleep at night and be all on edge and start yelling and screaming, or you can just say, Hashem, I know you got this. I'm going to keep on trying to do the best I can do, 
but I know that the results only come from you. I'm going to try it. We have to create the, the vessel. We have to create the vessel for the blessing to, to descend on. That's why you can't just say, well, you could say it, but you have to be on a very, very high level. But you can't just say, an ordinary person can't just say, I'm just going to stay at home, do nothing, and, my, and, and the checks will just come to my house. That's not the way it works. What a person needs to do is put forward an effort, just an effort. And when we put forward the effort, more times than not, you will see incredible success that comes out of no place. I'll tell you, I had a guy here today in the Torch Center. He told me that they were working on a contract, a very big contract with Nestle. Familiar with the company Nestle, right? We've all heard of it. And it was like they were working months and months and months on this contract. And they get a phone call one day from the Nestle headquarters. We're retracting everything. Not interested. Deal is over. And they're like, whoa, is right. The next day, the next day, they got a phone call from a distributor different company said we love your product and we're ready to sign today a much bigger deal a much better deal I said to him do you know why that happened Hashem was teaching you what it means to have bitachon what it means to have trust we think that one plus one equals two Hashem tells us no Hashem tells us one plus one equals whatever I want it to be. You think that because you put forward the effort here, the success is going to come here? You think that you work hard on that contract, you work hard on that deal, and now the success should come exactly as I, as I planned, as I thought it would happen. So you're working and working four months. You should get this contract and it should be profitable and everything should be great. Hashem says, no. I want you to remember that it doesn't come from your work. It comes from me, the creator of heaven and earth. I'm right here waving at you saying hello. So Hashem closes that to you like, ah, what? How can that be? How can that be? Hashem says, you created the vessel. You put in all the hard work. Guess what's now? You know what's next? It's going to come from another place. Not where you thought. Not where you even picked up a phone. And is it possible that all that would have happened without your efforts? It's possible. But you have to create. You create that vessel. You create that vessel. So when we're in this journey, starting from emunah, the very basic emunah of having a clear knowledge of Hashem, a clear knowledge of Hashem's existence, that everything that happens is from Hashem. Everything. Now, Hashem brought me this far. Hashem is taking care of me this far. Don't I get a track record? Don't I have a track record? Right? Shouldn't Hashem have a track record? He's, you know, I'll tell you, it's an amazing thing. It says about Moshe that Moshe asked to see Hashem's face. Hashem says, no, you can't see my face. You can only see the back of my head. 
Now let me ask you a question. Does Hashem have a front of his face to see the back of his head? Right? He doesn't have either. So what does that mean you can see the back? The Hasidic masters say this is so special. Such a special idea. The face means the future. The back means the past. What Moshe was saying, help me understand how the future plays out. Hashem says no. But if you look back, you'll see I was always there. I always took care. You're wondering, how am I going to close that deal? How am I going to pay that bill? How am I going to take care of this? How is that going to happen? Look back for a second. Look back. There was never a time that I dropped the ball on you. There was never a time that I let you down. There was never a time that you didn't have what I promised you and what you deserve to have. Every time Hashem took care of it, you look back and you see Hashem was always there. At what point do we say, you know what? God's trustworthy. He's trustworthy. He always comes through on his word. Always. You know, there's something called a muad. A muad means a, an animal that gores once, gores twice, gores a third time. It's considered a muad. That now it's, it's, it's going to inevitably happen that he's going to do that again. Because the, he's just created a pattern. And we don't trust that he's not going to gore. And therefore, there's a whole process that Talmud talks about how we get rid of that animal. In the good, in the positive, we also have something called chazaka. You sit in your seat in a shul, you know, every day. Eventually you have, you know, that seat is your seat. You, you have a consistency. There's a certain consistency that comes. Does God deserve to get that same level of trustworthiness where he's consistently taking care of us every single day without fail? making sure that every creature on planet Earth has food, that every creature on planet Earth has what's needed. It's the most remarkable. The minute, the minute we start thinking about it, we start seeing one second, yeah, Hashem has taken care of me always. He never let me down, not once. All we need is to overcome our own personal fears, our own personal worries, our own personal insecurities, and let Hashem run the, run the show. He knows exactly what he's doing. Hashem knows exactly what doors need to open, what doors need to close, and exactly how to navigate you to where you need to be. The only difference is whether or not we're going to have our eyes open and receptive to the guidance of Hashem. And that's this trait of trust. Trust means that I'm willing to accept the unknown, and just rely on Hashem. A child who has caring parents and has loving parents has no concern that when the parents say you can or cannot do something, that they're not leading them astray. Because he knows my parents would never harm me. They would never hurt me. And therefore, there's trust. When we're talking about bitachon, when we're talking about trusting Hashem, it means that we understand and we recognize that God's got a good track record. 
You know, when, when you apply for insurance for your car, they look at your history. Why do they look at your history? They want to see, are you a reckless driver and you crash every six weeks? Or are you someone who has got a clean record? The same thing with your credit, right? You, uh, people apply for credit for a loan by you all the time. What do you look at? You want to know, do they pay their loans or do they not? And based on their history, you know if they have a good credit or not. You know if they're trustworthy. Does Hashem, where's, where would Hashem's credit be? Would it be at like 640? Or would Hashem be, or, 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 or would Hashem have the best credit ever created in the, ever in the history of the world? Why? Because Hashem has never defaulted on any loan. Hashem has never defaulted on any promise. If we don't understand, is the problem in Hashem or is the problem in me? Who's deficient? So this is a this is a brief introduction to the topic that we're going to start next week of Bitachon. We're going to be working with this book of Rabbi Lazer Brody. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it here at the Torch Center. Uh, you can use these copies that we have here at Torch. I really am excited for this journey ahead. To those of you on the podcast, thank you so much for listening. Please join us again next week. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcasts.com.